If you're happy with the same old ways of dating, if you enjoy sucking at communication, and you have no desire to improve your romantic life, then our podcast might not be for you. But you want some out-of-the-box ideas to deepen your current relationships, broaden your sexual horizons, develop a better understanding of yourself, or learn more about non-monogamy, then you've come to the right place. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. And this is the Multi-Amory Podcast. On this episode of the Multi-Amory Podcast, we are discussing privilege and polyamory, the different advantages and disadvantages that are easy to forget about when approaching non-traditional relationships. And I hope you enjoy, those of you who are watching the YouTube video, that for mm-hmm. our discussion on privilege, we're sitting in this tropical paradise. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> At least it seems that way. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Jason and I are currently dog-sitting for some friends mm-hmm. who live by the beach in this like amazing, amazing home. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's really lovely. And Emily came down to visit. Uh-huh. Yes, it did. Uh, and so Paul did is Paul. here somewhere. Yeah. He's been over there playing with the <laughs> yeah. dogs and Pokemon. So for yep. like a week, we get to experience the privilege of having a gigantic home. Yeah, having yeah. a nice big home on the beach. Yeah, yeah. Because why not? This is pretty amazing. Um, all right. So, how do we start this off? Well, okay. So privilege. I feel like it's definitely been a buzzword. Yes, yeah, at least for in the quite a while. That we move in. Yeah. Especially in talking about polyamory as well, because yeah. it, there has been a lot of talk lately about it only being for the privileged, yeah. only being a thing that white upper middle class educated people yeah, do. Yeah. Right. And I think I think people get scared talking about privilege, or privileged people get scared um, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> talking about privilege, um, because it can surprisingly become a very emotionally charged topic when I really don't think that it has to be. Yeah. Actually, when we break it down. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Why do you think people get triggered by it? Well, I think that if we come up to someone and and they're successful or happy with their life or are proud of the things they've accomplished and we talk about privilege, that mm-hmm. people often conflate privilege with, like, oh, it was all easy for me, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Um, or that they didn't work hard to get to yeah, yeah, the yeah, place that they that didn't make at. efforts, that they didn't work hard, things like mm-hmm. that. Um, and it's a tricky thing because often when people do accuse someone of having privilege, they are kind of meaning it that way. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the tricky part, is that I think from both sides it's easy to get too defensive about it, but it is also from another side to kind of be like, oh, well, whatever, everything you did was easy because you were privileged. Yeah. Right? That there, it can come from either side, mm-hmm. that it can be this... This difficult thing of conflating privilege with meaning you didn't have to work for anything. Well, you but didn't my thing, okay, but like I have a problem with talking about privilege because of the fact that we tend to put it on this like linear scale of easy to difficult. Sure. And like that's mm-hmm. all we're operating on. And my whole big thing, like, so the same way that I get frustrated that we put human sexuality on the scale of like sure. data straight, yeah. right. when really it's more like a web, yeah, you right. know, For sure, that right. I feel the same way about privilege and disadvantage as well, that it's not like you're on the scale of, of having an easy time or having a difficult time, that right. it's like different arenas are going to be easier or more difficult for you or more complicated or more simple or whatever, depending Certainly. on 
different layers of identity, which is all, you know, intersectionality, which is a whole other top podcast topic. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do think that's worth worth addressing. Oh, yeah. for sure. What, what intersectionality really mm-hmm. is, because that's mm-hmm. also starting to be like a little more of a buzzword, at yeah. least at least amongst the people who, you know, are, are on my social media or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, do you care to explain it? Uh, well, Dedeker's been the well, one my, who's been my kind first, of reading up on this. Yeah, right. my yeah. first inroad into intersectionality was through the term intersectional feminism specifically. Mm-hmm. And it was this idea that, you know, so feminism is this certain body of beliefs, but it's really important to look at it through an intersectional lens as yeah. in recognizing that, like, the issues facing a white woman are different from the issues facing a black woman are different Mm -hmm. uh, from issues facing a trans woman, you know, and so that the feminist agenda can't necessarily just be painted with this broad brush about what needs to be prioritized or not that. And again, it's not placing it on the like, well, this group suffers more, this group suffers less, but it's kind of like we both suffer and enjoy different advantages differently Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. each other based on these complex identities. Yeah. Yeah. And that it does, focus ideally focus on kind of understanding the differences and the different challenges for people uh, rather than just trying to say who has it better or worse so i think that's the important thing to keep in mind when discussing privilege and disadvantage is that it gets really easy for people to attach to just one factor mm-hmm. of like gender or race and mm-hmm. to kind of use that one factor to determine everything about what a person's privilege might be when really it's very very complex yeah um, right and that and that none of us can really know what another person's life is like without yes. without living it yes yeah yeah exactly so i think that we created this big old list of of kind of different factors that would affect your privilege or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. And some of them are very obvious, things that come up a lot in our daily lives and in news coverage and things like that. Right. Things like race is probably mm-hmm. the yeah. biggest one that's, yeah. that's been at the forefront for quite a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a subsidiary of race-based privilege of a subsidiary of race privilege um, uh-huh. is skin color, and they're not exactly the same thing. Right. Yeah, because there's passing. Yeah, of course, there's passing. If people can pass as white, mm-hmm. they're more likely to have privilege. If they're light, just lighter skinned, if mm-hmm. they're still a person of color but lighter skinned, they right. are more likely to be treated better or yeah. right. seen as trustworthy or seen as good than someone who has much darker skin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we see this in other countries as well that definitely mm-hmm. will sort of... Um, you know, give more favoritism to a certain type of skin tone over another one or something yeah, like yeah. that. Um, yeah. You know, regardless of, like, even if their dominant culture is not Caucasian, even within their own, there will still be some discrimination with skin color. Skin color. Like, that is yeah. something that can transcend just race-based. Yeah. I heard once that wolves do the same thing, actually. Oh, really? No, no, really. I need to corroborate this. I actually, I think I learned this from a Barbara King Solder novel. Really? <laughs> which one? Uh, I forget which one, but, but I think it was Prodigal Summer. Um, oh, okay. I think that, that like, wolves, if if the, the pack is primarily a particular color of fur, uh-huh. and one comes along that's, or is born that's, like, significantly darker or significantly lighter, that they're more likely to be weird not, to not that be as one. Friendly to it. Huh. Really but to be fair, like it came out of a novel, so maybe she was just pulling it out of her ass. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Have to research that. <laughs> so um, gender yeah. identity is another of course, one. Yeah, that's another right. one that's really at the forefront. Right. So yeah. gender identity meaning not only um 
you know, not only whether you're male or female, because that's something that gets talked about a lot, um, but also just whether you are cisgender or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, whether you identify with the gender that other people see you as. Totally. Yeah. Right now I'm experiencing a lack of privilege because a bug just flew into my drink. And we will often tell men. <laughs> and like you like, guys have the privilege. male privilege. <laughs> yes. Having that's a true. drink without a bug in it. Okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, right, right. That that uh, gender is sort of an easy one because mm-hmm. we do tend to divide people a lot along those lines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but some others that might not be as obvious um, are things like level of education. Mm-hmm. Um, I know this one people might be like, what are you talking about? But there is definitely, you know, just based on the amount of education that you have could give you advantages in certain fields and mm-hmm. even could give you advantages in dating. Yeah, yes, right? Definitely. If that's the dating pool that you're looking yeah. at. Yeah. yeah. I definitely, for a long time, if I found out that like someone that I was dating had not gone to college, it made me, give, it gave me pause and made me think like, wow, what's, what's wrong with that person uh-huh. that they didn't go to college? Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's as prevalent now. Well, you know, it's but... so funny because like when I was in college and mm-hmm. I had friends who had chosen not to go to college that I had those same thoughts of like, what is wrong with this person? Like, yeah. like maybe they're like, they're like a little bit more mm-hmm. of a failure or something like sure, that. When yeah. I realized like that's so generational. That, it is. Like I think yeah. our parents' generation really pushed everyone needs to go to college <laughs> right. yeah. or else you are going to be a failure yeah. and a dropout. Um, yeah. And then, you know, we saturated the market with college degrees and right. here yeah. we are. But, no, they're um, <laughs> but, you know, it wasn't for many years that I realized, like, actually, you know what? Not only is college not accessible to everybody, for sure. but at least in the United States, but also, like, it's just not the right choice for everybody yeah. at the same right, time. Right, but it's not really necessary for everybody. Yeah. 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 And going along with a level of education is also socioeconomic status. Yeah. Because um, I do think that going to college is sort of tied into this socioeconomic status of like, oh, if you've gone to college, it means you're more well-to-do or, or whatever, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. even though it might really just put you more in debt. <laughs> well, that's the thing is it's, yeah. it's either it, like it could be that like you could afford to get into like a very, very prestigious, very expensive school, sure. mm-hmm. which or could be because could afford to yeah, which could you. be because your parents are rich or it could be because mm-hmm. like you're anticipating to take on a bunch of debt, yeah. <laughs> you know, and right. you're okay with that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Or socioeconomic status also in terms of, um, you know, your level of income. Yeah. What kind of stuff you have. Do you have this beautiful backyard mm-hmm. <laughs> where you can invite all your partners over for a barbecue? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or do you live, you know, with roommates in an apartment? Yeah, yeah well, so, so that's the other thing is, like, you can imagine, like, two people who maybe go to the same college, mm-hmm. maybe, like, mid-range university or something right. like that. And then the person who comes from a background where they're rich enough that, like, they don't have to work their way through Another college job, yeah. versus sure. the person who does have to take on three jobs so they can afford going through college. It's like mm-hmm. even though they could be studying the same subject, they could be equally as smart. Right. You know, they could be have just as much potential as each other, but because of that slightly, slightly, you know, different background and privilege, it may affect right. their entire future and yeah. how that you know affects them. So or yeah. the mom who like has to work during the day and then go to and night then go school. to night school exactly yeah, like in the right. exactly yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah. Right, give us another one. Yeah, another one that people don't think about is ethnic background, which again is different from race, ethnic right. background, and then another one that I didn't even think about till I was researching doing research for the book was also refugee status. Yeah, um, and that's something that mm-hmm. has become suddenly very relevant. Mm-hmm. You know, with all these discussions around whether or not to let in a certain number of Syrian refugees yeah. or right. refugees who are coming from um, you know Muslim majority countries or yeah. even people who are refugees coming from South and Central America yeah yeah definitely. you know um, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. certainly right um, this is uh, one that I know nothing about that's <laughs> well, <next, laughs> no. our list is religion I suppose well I mean that is an interesting question like 
because I was, I feel as though I'm the minority. Paul and actually, Paul and I were actually talking about this on the way up. He's like, you're in the minority of people that I know because almost everyone that I know had a religious background Mm. growing up Mm -hmm. and you didn't. That's Mm -hmm. very odd. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it necessarily made me less or more privileged. It kind of depends on where you grow up. What communities you move in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you're an atheist, like in a lot of, especially very Christian communities, that's a very dirty word. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I mean, if you look at the United States, we have never had a president who's anything but Christian. Exactly. You're right. You're right. right. And Every it can, and single it, one. And it can be very Jewish s- president. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it can be very simple things like whatever it is that your chosen religion is, like, is there a place of worship in your town? Sure. And it's like, sure. if you're Christian, yeah. like, I can guarantee, <laughs> like, chances are, at least in the United States, you'll probably be able to find a church right. quite easily. Whether it's in your chosen denomination or not, that's a different story, but much, probably much easier than if you're a Muslim right. or yeah, a Buddhist or a for sure, yeah. anybody else. Yeah. 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 Um, then we also have disability. Yeah. Uh, and this I mean, can be both physical and mental disability. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this is a big one that I think a lot of people, uh, it's easy to forget about. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You know, when, when you are kind of taking an inventory of what kind of privilege do I have, yeah. right, um, is that a lot of people forget about this one and just kind of take for granted that everyone else's body works the same as theirs mm-hmm. yeah. or that everyone else's brain works the same as theirs, yeah. right? I had this interesting, actually, I saw this really interesting thread where people were, actually, it was kind of a controversial thread I believe in a solo polyamory group okay. because, you know, obviously the tenets of solo polyamory usually involve like not wanting to cohabit with somebody right. and some certain solo polyamorous being like, yes, like I totally agree with this and I'm into that, but like I have this disability where like I need someone to care for me. Like yeah, I need someone choose. to live with me, whether right. that's a romantic partner or not. And so if I choose to live with a romantic partner because I need someone to care for me, does that mean that like, I'm now, now I'm in like couples. Now I'm in like couples privilege yeah, mode. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm gonna be shunned um, by the solo polyamorous exactly, community. Exactly, like these things that we really don't necessarily yeah. think about. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Which I mean, kind of like we talked about in our solo poly episode, and I think is important to bring up uh, for this talk about privilege as well, is that it's not sort of uh, one's better than another. Mm. Yeah, that mm-hmm. I think it's it's really easy to in these discussions get attached to the idea that. Like, the less privilege I have, the better person I am somehow, mm-hmm. right? Um, or people will try to really, um, you know, come up with ways to show how other people have more privilege than them because mm-hmm. that makes them feel better. And I think same with solo poly, that idea of, like, people can think, oh, well, I have to be this, this, and that mm-hmm. in order to be the most solo poly because somehow that's better. <laughs> somehow yeah. it's better right. if I'm super independent. Right. And, I mean, yeah. also, even just the discussion about polyamory at all. Of course. That we can people can easily get caught up in the idea that polyamory is somehow more, more involved or yeah. more enlightened. Like or better, yeah. 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 Um, so with all of this, it is, it's not, there's not a value to it. No, there's not a better it, They're or just worse. things to be aware of. Sure. Yeah. yeah things so, to understand. Age, one that I definitely have like tried to come to terms with as I've gotten older. A privilege around surrounding age well, or sure. lack thereof surrounding age. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just that, that especially within Los Angeles, for instance, in this mm-hmm. area, that, you know, everything that's coveted is young and beautiful mm-hmm. and sexualized and all of that. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. if you are those things, you're going to be seen as privileged. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I mean, older people, 
I guess they can put a privilege upon themselves saying like, well, I'm older and wiser, but <laughs> well, it depends on the arena, right? For it could sure. Be like in Absolutely. A, in a career arena, it could be like, no, you're far too young. Yeah. And you right. haven't lived enough. You haven't lived enough yeah. or things like that. Yeah. I think it's interesting because I feel like discussions around ageism show up specifically in the poly community on both sides of the fence. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I see people talking about like, I'm an older poly person and right. I feel like no one wants me. No one wants to sure. hang out with me. No one even wants to date me when I go to these poly events. And then also right. people who are like, I'm a younger poly person. I just feel like it's a bunch of old geezers <laughs> um, and old hippies um, and yeah. there's no one who's my age. So yeah, right. it goes yeah. across the whole yeah. spectrum. It can kind of depend. That's uh-huh. true. Yeah. Uh, related to what we were talking about a little bit with disability, but it's also living situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're in a place where you have to have a roommate or sure. maybe you, you don't have a house that's, uh, you like know, you, uh, it's like this where you can have like sleepovers very easily or live with multiple partners. Yeah, I'm um, certainly. Yeah. Or maybe you're in a situation where you have roommates or you're living with family members who are not okay with what you're doing with your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's like bringing someone over to stay the night is just not an option. Yeah. Certainly. You know, maybe you can't yeah. be out. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, another one kind of going along with that is relationship status. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and this comes a lot up a lot as uh, couples privilege. Um, and then there's also married privilege, which yeah. is kind of like a subset of couples privilege, uh-huh. um, but where there is, um, you know, definitely some advantages to being married in terms of how people view you, how you're yeah. looked at. I guess I could also argue there are some disadvantages when it comes to dating being married. Some well, people would argue that's harder, actually. Exactly. Yeah, we just got that email from a person who was married saying that mm-hmm. it was challenging at times because they felt as though, like, there was always... The people viewing the married couple would always put that hierarchically as right. the yeah. number one. Even if they didn't have it themselves. Exactly. Yeah. That they would view would. them as, yeah. like, oh, well, that person's number one. I'm never going to reach that point or well, whatever. The cool thing, yeah. though, about that email was that yeah. they, they were making the choice to consensually and mutually divorce, divorce like, yeah. dissolve their marriage, great. but they were still going to stay together. But yeah. it was for that right. to kind of, like... I mean, this is a horrible... Level of playing field. Yeah, the level of playing field is a horrible term for it, but 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 that kind of getting rid of that, even the suggestion of that power structure being there, which I thought was really cool that they would be able to, like, do that and not not have it be this, like, super emotional, dramatic thing. Yeah, totally. Um, The other part of of married privilege or couples privilege is what we've called here as passing privilege, Mm -hmm. which is basically the idea that you might be polyamorous, but in your normal day-to-day life, you can pass as a quote normal monogamous yes. couple yeah. right and there's definitely advantages that come to that yeah, of in terms of all sorts of things yeah because right? because the dyad the married dad is what we're so used to seeing right. versus somebody who's maybe raising a child with two partners together yeah. and they don't have the choice necessarily to try to pass as just a couple <laughs> right. Um, right or someone who doesn't want to pass as as a couple you know yeah. who's right. hap- quite happy to forego that privilege mm-hmm. in exchange of being out yeah. Right. You know? right. Yeah, for sure. We were also bringing up that um, other types of non-monogamy, like swingers, for example, yeah. have a much easier time passing because those also uh, generally are not relationships that you would be like out on a date with someone else who's not yeah. your husband exactly. or wife or, or boyfriend or girlfriend yeah. or whoever. You can kind of keep things um, very private. Yeah. Right. Right. So that it's just like, oh yeah, in my normal life, I never have to deal with any of those yeah. concerns that would come from having these other relationships Absolutely. because it's all a secret thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Yeah, tell me about the sexual privilege one. Who added that? Yeah, so sexual privilege, um, and what I mean here is being a sexual person. Mm, uh, interesting. And that this is specifically about someone who might be asexual, for example. Right. 
Um, there's definitely, you know, we talked about in an earlier episode this concept of amato normativity. Mm-hmm. Oh, you probably used the word. I know, I'm using <laughs> the word now. Finally. Um, that uh, with amato normativity is this idea that everyone wants, like, it's sort of thought of as universal that everyone wants sex. Yeah. I can't even tell you how many, like, advice columns and other things out Just there are kind of that. based on the assumption that everybody wants sex. Even, yeah. like, a lot of the arguments for polyamory are specifically kind of focused on sex and the fact that we all want it and that we don't want it with just one person, things like that. And it's like, well, what about these people who don't want to have sex at all? Like, Mm -hmm. that's not a thing they're interested in. Um, In terms of when you think about that in comparison, the amount of privilege you have if you're someone who does like to have sex in terms of dating. It's much easier to find people who expect you to have sex with them to date than someone who's okay with not. Um, And I hope that awareness of this is is increasing some. And there's a whole spectrum of this, too, in terms of what what kinds of sex you either want or that you can do. Maybe physically you might have certain limitations Mm -hmm. um, that would limit types of sex that you could have. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just something to be aware of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Um, so we're almost through this list, you guys. There's like so mm-hmm. many. I know. <laughs> um, yeah. I know. One one that we didn't, or that was back when we were talking about gender, male versus mm-hmm. female. I wanted to bring up. I um, have been around certain feminist uh, feminist groups who talk about trans right. people as mm-hmm. not being feminine enough, to or be, they're to- not understanding the female essentially experience um, and how difficult and not okay I think that is because it's essentially like grouping people who have maybe grown up with a penis and then decide or you know know like hey I am actually a woman I'm Mm -hmm. going to transition into that for feminists to say hey it's that's not a real thing well the thing is I feel like that's feminism that's so based around just like the rights of biological females versus like I mean, I thought that, that one of the definitions of feminism was just this belief that all human beings should be treated equal. Well, exactly. You know, like, well, it's um, funny. I was, I was one of the workshops that I was leading at the retreat, like, almost got into a big argument oh, between geez. some people uh, about specifically the definition of feminism as it relates to that. Is it about women or is it about equality for everybody? Yeah. And the, the, the thing that I did there is I was just like, whoa, 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 stop. <laughs> like, this is not the subject no. of the discussion we're having today. Yeah. We're not going to go there. The tricky thing about this is that there isn't some, like, ruling body that decides yeah. this is the definition of feminism. Yeah. Exactly. That's the thing. It's this... Well, you know, okay, it's a, sorry. I'm yeah. totally taking us off on a little bit of tangent okay. here, yeah, but yeah. I think it's... I actually was thinking about this earlier today. Yeah. That, like, socially, we have this weird hang up with like if women are in equal positions of power that means that women must be more powerful or it must be about giving women a bunch of power Mm. and that relates to um anthropology actually because they find that when anthropologists like pretty much all of the cultures that anthropologists have labeled as matriarchal Mm -hmm. right very few of them are actually societies where women have more power than men most of them are societies where it's actually a pretty equal division of labor right and like they're more egalitarian it's just that social researchers saw that saw that women have any power and then they're (laughs) labeled as a matriarchy and so that's what i feel has happened with feminism where it's like women are trying to get power equal rights that must mean it's all about women sure um, right right yeah you know? and what seems to apparently scare some men like we talked about yeah. in our last episode the red pill right yeah. yes yeah. that was two episodes ago oh yeah. yes two episodes ago uh, exactly anyway 
Shall I get us through the end of this? Yeah, list? let's keep going. Yeah. yeah. So family, having children or not. Yeah, of course, different privileges available to you if you don't have children, mm-hmm. obviously, or if, if you if do, you do have children. yeah. Because Certainly. definitely women, in my opinion, still are meant, are seen as like needing to have kids to be valid human beings on this planet. To yeah. a lot sure, of people. There is a lot of pressure for that, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Certainly. But um, then it's going to be way harder for a woman who's working and raising a child to go on many dates. Yeah. Yeah, that's Certainly. another factor, of yeah. course. Yeah. Um, yeah. Things like having your extended family around or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so, mm-hmm. for instance, if you do have kids, and it is very easy to be like, oh, grandma's lives with us, so she's going to watch the kids. Or, yeah. or aunt and uncles live with us, so they're going to watch the kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or even things just like, I'm heading out of town, and will you take care of my dogs? <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> sure. Because I have this extended family around. Um, but right. then that also can be a lack of privilege, because it's like I have a lack of privacy, because yeah, my family's sure. right. here right. all the time. Sure. Um, and of course, every aspect of family can affect your pr- pr- privilege or lack thereof, you know, such mm-hmm. as having parents who are still together or not. Mm-hmm. Parents who are still together happily, or parents who are yeah. still together not sure. so happily. Not happily you know, yeah. Parents yeah. who, two parents who are alive or not, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, another one, uh, the last one on our list here uh, is also body type and attractiveness. Yeah. Um, and this one is, you know, attractiveness is tricky because uh, it's subjective. As, it's subjective. subjective yeah. um, and one cool thing that I heard, and I wish I could remember the name of the researcher who was talking about this, but was saying that it's actually a pretty unique thing in humans that we are uh, attracted to different things. Mm-hmm. That like in most animals, there is sort of a trait mm-hmm. that is the attractive thing, right? It's like whichever B like, does the best dance, yeah. it's like, that's <laughs> like the one. Like, your tail feather is, like, the biggest, or the brightest, or the reddest, or your call is, like, the loudest. That there's or, sort of a clear, like, this is the most attractive, everyone wants to mate with this, mm-hmm. and then less, you know, going down that scale. Whereas with humans, yeah. you know, there's this this whole range. Um, totally. You know, and I... different people like different things. Yes, right. yes, but... But yes, there but. are certainly some <laughs> yes. overarching But there is, we here. still have this yeah. idea of traditional attractiveness, right. where it's like, even though maybe as a man you are so drawn to women who are like overweight, maybe even obese, you know, people right. are drawn to that. Absolutely, yeah. But it's like, you're probably more likely to be shamed for being mm-hmm, attracted for sure. to that rather than embraced right. by this idea of like, oh yeah, we're attracted to everything, you know, well, it's yeah. like because you're not Certainly. attracted to someone who's traditionally attracted. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So this, you know, in terms of privilege, this can have to do with, um, you know, body types mm-hmm. uh, as well as mm-hmm. just sort of attractiveness, whatever that means within your culture and, and where you are in your community. But it yeah. is definitely a factor. And, that, yeah. and I would say a significant one. Absolutely. Um, you know, there have been, been studies showing that, that actually attractiveness is one of the largest advantages in terms of um, getting hired for a job or not. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. So there's, there's definitely some, there's a lot of things like that. I did want to go back real quick to our discussion about uh, when Emily brought up about, um, you know, feminism, talking about that, that trans women couldn't be part of feminism because they haven't had the, mm, yeah. the female experience yeah. or whatever that, that some people would say Same that. Thing, thing um, that yeah. And when we were talking about this earlier, I just wanted to bring up again, that idea that part of the problem there is this assumption that the most significant division between mm. people is their gender. Is their gender yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. That there could be two women who had incredibly different upbringings from sure. each other, but somehow we've made this decision that the parts of that, that make it female 
are more important、mm. than any of those others. Even、yeah. though one, you know, grew up in Nigeria and yeah, the other、yeah. one grew up in London, yeah. right? Yeah. Like. <laughs> Whatever、yeah. it is, those are much bigger differences probably yeah, yeah, between、yeah. those two than just the similarities they have as a woman. Yeah. But yeah. no one would question that both of them could be part of feminism or、yeah. would have、yeah. shared quote the female experience. And yeah, I think、yeah. that's the same is true. Like we talked about in our episode about the red pill. Yeah. That there isn't this sort of universal way that women are, and there's also not this universal way that men. Should behave or experiences that、sure. they've had or, or、mm. any of that. Yeah,、um, no, and so with all of these ideas of of privilege, we do need to be aware of that. Like、yeah. when Dedeker was talking about intersectionality, yeah, it's not about sort of a you have it or you don't, right? You、mm-hmm. you have this kind of privilege or you don't, or you have privilege period or you、yeah. don't.、Uh, it's just about understanding that there are these differences and that you. The types of privilege that you do have, you're probably not even aware of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that、oh, that is the、absolutely. ultimate. That is the ultimate privilege, right? right. Yeah. Being able to be not aware of your privilege. Right. Yeah. Which I think is why it's so important to have these conversations because,、mm-hmm. like, every single time I have a conversation or every single time I do any research or any reading on this, like, I always find something where I'm like, oh wow, I didn't、yeah. even realize that either I had that privilege or that I don't have that privilege. Yeah. Like,、sure. Oh wow, I didn't even think about that. Yeah.、Right. You know, and so I think it really is so important to be to you know to be. Exploring these things.、Yeah. Um. For a long time now, we've been fans of AdamandEve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now, not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also have a promo code that will work on AdamMail.com and Eve'sToys.com, which are their sites specifically for LGBTQ audiences. And our code is fantastic. It's fifty percent off of almost any item in the store, and free discreet shipping when you use our code Multi. Yes, we love AdamandEve.com and have for years. They are our oldest and longest sponsor, and they just keep on giving great gifts to us and to our listeners. You can bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your bedroom by going to AdamandEve.com, AdamMail.com, or Eve'sToys.com and select any one item. It can be, you know, an adventurous new toy or anything you desire. Something fun, something sexy, whatever sounds good. So just enter offer code Multi at checkout, and you'll get fifty percent off almost any item plus free shipping. That's multi m u l t i at adamandeve dot com, adammail dot com, or evestoys dot com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast, and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code multi to get you not just the fifty percent discount, but also the one hundred percent free shipping. Code m u l t i. We've talked about it a little bit already when we were going through kind of our big list of of privilege, which, by the way, is far from a comprehensive list. Yes, as I said, like、yes. we're constantly uncovering new things to think about, and、right. I'm sure there are so many people listening out there who are、mm-hmm. aware of so many more that we didn't hit. Of、um, course, but of course, all of these can have an effect on someone who is seeking or in a non-monogamous relationship、mm-hmm. or is trying to take part in the polyamorous community.、Um, You know, obviously, some of the things that we talked about, like if you have kids or not, if you're married、yeah. or not.、Um, but there's three big ones that always tend to come up in、mm-hmm. these discussions, and one of the big criticisms of the poly community is that it's populated by mostly people who are white,、uh, people who are educated,、mm-hmm. um, and people who are usually middle class or higher yeah, income、right. bracket. Yeah.、Um, yeah. And there's a number of reasons why it appears this way.、Um, you、mm-hmm. know, one of them being that. 
I mean, a lot of things are easier for people who are white, educated, and middle class, totally. not just relationships, right. not just polyamory. Um, mm-hmm. But also when it comes to media coverage or studies, like these are the people who are more likely to come forward yeah. because the stakes are not as high. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like it's more comfortable to be out of the closet. You know, I mean, maybe it's not totally risk free, mm-hmm. but versus someone who's like poor and relying on family members for financial support, somebody who has a bunch of kids, you know, right. um, that there's much more to lose mm-hmm. by having like your reputation threatened mm-hmm. essentially by kind of being out in this very public media. Certain, you know? Certainly. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, interesting. This was just making me think of, um, back when I was, uh, spending, I was spending a summer in Chicago when I was in college, mm-hmm. uh, and was listening to the Tavis Smiley show, uh, like 13 <laughs> years ago. I have no idea what that is. Uh, he has an NPR show now, oh, or yeah. at least he did for a while, but this was when he was on like a local, hmm. uh, Chicago station. Yeah. Um, on, on their like public radio station there. Um, but the Tavis Smiley show was doing this segment about, um, essentially about non-monogamy in the black communities mm. in America, mm-hmm. specifically. Um, and in this one, it was talking about um, more of a, a one-gender non-monogamy, mm-hmm. where one man would have multiple girlfriends, see, but yeah. they were all okay with it. I see. Okay. And they were making certain dubious conclusions about yeah. why this might be and stuff like that. But it is interesting, though, that in that discussion, the word polyamory was never mentioned. And huh. even the word hmm. non-monogamy was never mentioned. It was more just like a thing we're doing yeah. rather than... A label or like a group that we're belonging to. Um, And I think that that could be part of it as well, um, is the fact that, you know, the term polyamory and sort of things like the Carista commune and stuff who coined a lot of the terms used in polyamory, uh, you know, were were white themselves. Sort of coming up with a label for it um, and making it a group you could be part of or not, uh, essentially. That's interesting. Um, yeah, just just made me just reminded me of listening to that episode way back before Polly was on my radar. Yeah, at yeah, all. yeah, yeah. That's so yeah. funny. Well, I know that we talked about this a little bit when we had Jackie Stone on, specifically mm-hmm. about like race and diversity within the Polly community. Um, right. Kind of the catch twenty two that happens here is that I know people who are not white even if it's outside the realm of dating, because I think that mm-hmm. race within dating is its own, it's its own issue altogether. Yeah, you know, it's its sure. own kind of worms, definitely. Um, that people who are non-white, even just trying to go to like a polyamory mixer or mm-hmm. discussion group or something, that sure. first of all, they can feel very alienated. Like if they're the only non-white person to show up, right. it may not feel very safe. Um, and then on the other hand, they can be very fetishized yeah, and kind of absolutely. preyed upon because yeah. like, oh, you are exotic yeah. and you are not white, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and it can be kind of like commodified mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Right. Well, for anyone who has seen the movie Get Out, uh, mm-hmm. highly yeah. recommend yeah. it. I still haven't seen it yet. If you, like, yeah. if you like thrillers and scary movies, um, it's really great. But But in it, sort of this unsettling, almost like anti-racism in a sense, like still really racism, but, um, you know, that this white family is so interested in their daughter's black boyfriend Yeah. in that kind of like, oh, wow, look at you. You're so strong so, and like, uh, you must be so athletic or, geez, you know, just like kind of, but yeah. like in very praising positive ways, they're all That's, like really into yeah. him, you know, but, but in a very racist way, yeah. like mm-hmm. definitely identifying someone purely by, by their race, even if you're trying to say it's a positive thing. Totally. And yeah. I think that can also be a tricky thing to navigate in the poly community as well. Definitely. Um, yeah. 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 Another thing that Jackie brought up, though, in that episode is that there is actually a fairly large black and well, poly yeah. community yeah. 
but that but that white people don't go to that either. Or yeah, so there is kind of yeah. this, even though there might be more of it than you think. There's not a lot of this mixing yeah. Um, yeah. between them, and I think that's a little bit of a a challenge that mm-hmm. I would love to see more people taking active steps to try to to bridge that gap. Of course, yeah. of course, we yeah. should be at the forefront of that, or at least like starting oh. to figure yeah. out a way to make that yeah. happen. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Yeah, kind of ways to to make that more more accessible and kind of mm-hmm. easier for people to do and not just segregate themselves into these separate groups based yeah. on based on race or even based on um sexual preference yeah yeah right yeah, that you have sure. like your your gay polyamory and your yeah. lesbian polyamory and then your mostly straight people and you know yeah, polyamory the thing groups is, though, that it's, like that they get so separated from each other, though. But I can totally understand not wanting to hang out in a group of straight poly people. Like, no, because I mean, it's mostly totally. a bunch of, like, unicorn-hunting fuckheads. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and sorry, that's, that's casting a lot of aspersions being very negative. But right. I can totally understand why, even just as, like, a queer woman or a bisexual that's woman... That's a very hard time. That you like, wouldn't want to just go hang yeah, out at a place where it's probably going to be a lot, a lot of, of straight couples who are humans, yeah. just opening right. up their relationship and want to, have like, snag a bye, babe. Like, totally. I totally understand why and this And this is yeah. exactly the reason why this happens yeah right is because it's like if i'm a black and poly person i'd rather not go to those things and try to mix those groups because i don't want to deal with it yeah. i'd rather have a happy life <laughs> yeah. in my community yeah. where i'm comfortable, where I'm comfortable stuff, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah and it's, i get it i understand it yeah. like yeah. that's it's a very challenging thing yeah yeah i mean so i guess I'm the not, best you can do is try to educate i mean it's like if you can educate people about like hey, like, maybe don't be a fuckhead unicorn hunter. Totally, <laughs> You yeah. know, hey, maybe don't go after someone because their ethnicity happens to turn you on, yeah. you know, or seem right. really exotic. Um, right. Yeah. Speaking about education, we're going to go back to what yes. we spoke about yeah, yeah. earlier yeah. and um, the stigma behind not having, like, a college-level education, well, yeah. for example. yeah, I think that's interesting because I think that... Because, again, that's the other criticism is that it's mostly just a bunch of educated people in the yeah. poly community. And I'm trying to think about that. Like, is it because it's, like, there's already this frustrating thing that, like, through high school we don't really get any education about relationships or <laughs> or questioning relationships yeah, or questioning culture? Mm-hmm. You know? And, yeah. and so then it's, like, people who do go to college, they're more likely to be exposed to those discussions, those, those you know, different cultures, different ways of thinking, sure. different schools of thought. Yeah. Um, I feel like I would argue that it's more has nothing to do with the education and has everything to do with socioeconomic status. Oh yeah, yeah. I would mm-hmm. say it's, more, it's that, more connected to that. that. It's, yeah, totally. That it's if you're someone whose family sends you to college, then that, you're going to be seen that as you're someone you're more likely to feel yeah. that security um, to be able to try alternative things mm-hmm. and not feel like you're going to lose your family support yeah. or that you're never going to be able to have a job or that, yeah. you know, something bad's yeah. going to happen to you because of it. Yeah. I guess yeah. I would tend to come down way more on that side of the argument. Yeah, which yeah. leads yeah. to the next point of uh-huh. talking about income and socioeconomic level mm-hmm. because, like, if you... And it doesn't mean that, like, you have to be rich to be polyamorous. But if but you have money to go out on dates... But that's the thing, if you have money yeah. to go on dates, if you have the bil- ability to buy clothes at least once a month or to go out d- to dinner mm-hmm. whenever you like... Um, or to pay to attend poly conferences because they yeah. are really expensive. Totally. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, or to pay for therapy because therapy is mm-hmm. ridiculously expensive. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and as we mentioned in our in our episode about therapists, like yeah. more therapists becoming aware of this, trying to have sliding scale fees, yeah, but it's, it's even sliding scale fees can still, still be expensive. really expensive, especially if it's on an ongoing basis. Yeah. That, yeah. And like that's a lot of yeah. privilege to carry, not only into a relationship, 
but right. or dating, but also into non-traditional totally. <laughs> dating at the same time. Yeah, yeah, if you're going to be going out almost every night a week, it, it, yeah. it's just well, it's so sure. not yeah. that we necessarily do that. But people who I are don't. well, but people who are super polysaturated. I mean, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, whose partners expect to see them once a week. And I mean, I do have to say, lot. like. All three of us have our own mixture of privileges and oh, disadvantages. God, yes. and, sure. I mean, all three of us are definitely not rich people or no. even middle class, really, I think, technically. <laughs> um, right. And yeah. we've managed to make it work without going out on a bunch of dates every week. But but there's still, like, a certain amount of privilege. Of, oh, God, of, yes. Yeah. Right. I mean, we do represent... Essentially, what is to, what is being talked yeah. about here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're white. Definitely. We are white. We all went to college. We all went to college, <laughs> and and none of us attractive. are. Yeah, none of us are like in danger of being evicted. No, yeah, exactly. Like, none right? of us are in danger it's of being homeless scale, or things right? like that. Like, yeah, we may not. You know, when we really look at what are the sort of standards for oh, being yeah. middle class or whatever, we're like, oh yeah, we're really not doing mm-hmm. so good. But I don't feel that on a daily basis. Yeah, no, exactly. we we still yeah. have money to live right. in one of the most wealthy cities in America, if not right. the world. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, right. And to live. And I think the other thing to keep in mind also is that um, to create long lasting relationships, there needs to be a certain amount of personal stability. Yeah. So things like. Mm-hmm. I can stay in the same place, yeah. whether that's the same right. city or the same apartment or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not having to hop around living with family members sure. or sure. things like yeah. that. Um, that if your life is such that it is more like quote unquote less stable in right. that way, that it is a lot harder right. to maintain not only a relationship, but mm-hmm. multiple relationships at the same time. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, and also in terms of, Tying it also to having kids, yeah. Um, whether you can afford a babysitter or not, oh sure. gosh, yeah, right. Yeah. Or whether you have, to have people, a baby at all, or people not. who can do that for you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which leads into kind of the last topic. And let we me tell to you, you here. know what? Yes. Yeah. Tell you me. know what? <laughs> tell me. Tell me about it. Uh, Jason and I went to a sex shop yesterday. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And like we just went just to like buy condoms, you know, like. Just you know, yeah. cheap stuff. We were the um, most boring vanilla. We were people the there. most boring <laughs> yeah, in the sex shop. But like we st- we stopped and like looked around and like all the stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And like we didn't buy anything. But I had these thoughts. I was like, God, like all this stuff is really expensive. Like yeah. lingerie <laughs> sure. and sex toys right. and fancy lube and like all of these things are really expensive. Like, huh? Like this is like this in itself is a privilege. Like yeah. being able to go out and buy something unique for either yourself sure. or for, for your sure. sex life with someone else right. is such an extreme privilege because of how. Yeah. Expensive these things are. Yeah, yeah, and this is even sex shop stuff that, like, in terms of their kink BDSM gear, is like shitty stuff. It's shitty stuff. Really? Right? It's not even yeah. nice stuff. The oh people, yeah, it's like the mass-produced oh, wow. BDSM right. stuff. Crappy yeah. faux leathers, whatever. But like the people who are really into that scene, those are incredibly expensive yeah. Yeah. things that they'll have in that duffel bag they bring to the yeah. dungeon yeah, with yeah, them, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, certainly that mm-hmm. does does apply there as well. Yeah. 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 Um, do you want to talk to us about families? I do. Um, to kind of start to bring us home here, I, I think it's interesting, like, something that, like, it really irks me, like, the media coverage that really paints polyamory in this light of, like, it being more enlightened, mm-hmm. or especially mm-hmm. when there's mm-hmm. media coverage of people who are co-parenting together. It, I mean, I don't know, it's a double-edged sword, because it's, like, it's so great to see them highlighting people who are doing different things, like, maybe it's a triad co-parenting together, or yeah. more, a bigger polycule that's co-parenting together, or right. cohabiting, um 
or doing any number of things, but then at the same time, like it's painted in this light of like, look at this new crazy thing that people are doing, and it's always white people. Like I've never seen one of those stories right. that has involved anyone of color, mm-hmm. at least yeah. not that's come through my newsfeed. It's been all white people. Yeah. Um, but the thing is that it's like people who have been non-white and like non-middle class have been mm-hmm. doing things like this for centuries, yeah, for millennia because right. of circumstance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know where it's like, well we can't afford to have a house, just me and my husband and our baby. Like, so we need to invite like friends and roommates and maybe like aunts and uncles to live with us to help take care of kids because we can't Mm -hmm. afford childcare, you know? And so these have been circumstances or like living situations that have worked out quite well, because I do believe that human beings were meant to co-parent in larger groups than two people. Um, Yeah. Well, even in Europe, I mean, it's very like a, it's a very prevalent thing to have multiple generations living in the same house. Yeah. In some countries more than others. Sure. For certain. Yeah. 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 Um, But like, uh, I remember uh, an Indian friend talking about, you know, Indian friend was talking to an American friend and she was, the American friend was talking about how she's like, well, you know, why do you still live with your family? Like I, you know, I can't imagine living with my family. I love having my own place. And her Indian friend, because of being raised in a different culture, uh, was like, what do you, I can't even imagine not living with my mom. Like that Mm. would be so awful. That would be weird. But it's not like a, Oh, I have to do this because I can't. It like, yeah. really does depend on the culture that you're yeah, a part sure. of, that you're so that's, raised. So in. that's the thing is, it's more that like what a lot of people are discovering is like, oh, actually, this nuclear family thing maybe is not the best. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, it's a fairly new development. It is yeah. a fairly new development, and maybe it's not the best. And so, but it's not like we're inventing this new revolutionary way. Like this, these have been around for for sure, many, right. many, 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 many years. Yeah, having a family of more than two parents yes. essentially yeah. has been the normal way that humans have done things for way longer than we've done And some this. would argue also the same with, yeah. like, with multiple partner relationships as yeah. well. Yeah, no, that absolutely. this isn't a new thing that we Read just all discovered. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right, like, right. We've been doing this for a long time. Tribal communities have been doing this mm-hmm. for a very long time. Certainly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and even just people, you know, as Dedeker points out in her book, in her history section, that even this more modern polyamory, not even talking about tribal living, mm-hmm. but even though that's something that that is a newer term, polyamory, people have been doing it a lot longer. Mm-hmm. For sure. And it's just because we live in a day of the internet where it's easier to find community mm-hmm. across the world yeah. that now there's sort of a label for it and it's kind of a whole movement instead yeah. of just being a thing that some people did. Totally. Yeah. 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 Um, so, I mean, if, when people start thinking about this and kind of questioning their own privilege or lack Mm -hmm. thereof and exploring the different arenas where they may have privilege and where they don't. I mean, what are people supposed to do with this information? I mean, awareness is huge. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like just being aware of it is actually a really big checking your privilege. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Um, is kind of the, the, I would say honestly, like if nothing else, like the two things I would want someone to take away from this episode is, being aware that they probably have a types lot. of they they probably have types of privilege they didn't realize they mm-hmm. had mm-hmm. is one part and also that there's some that they don't have but yeah. more importantly to understand you do have privilege that yeah. you might not be aware of and then two is that because you have that privilege doesn't mean that you're a bad person or that everything's been easy in your life mm-hmm. or that you've never suffered yeah, yeah. right yeah. Um, that that all of us have hard things in our lives and all of us have things that we can be proud of. Mm -hmm. Um, And just because you had privilege in some way or another doesn't mean that those achievements are invalidated. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. 
But it's important to understand the suffering of others as well and realize that we're all not so different. We are incredibly different, but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like, we all are bound together by this mutual, like, goodness and this mutual suffering of just Mm -hmm. living on this planet that's dying around us. (laughs) Jeez. Sorry. (laughs) I'm not pleased with the current administration and their decision-making. We can't talk about this right now. With that, (laughs) where can they find us? Uh, All right, yeah. If you want to check out more of our stuff, you can go to multiamory.com. We're on iTunes, Stitcher. Um, I was just reading through some of our reviews and just being so incredibly moved by all of you who have taken your time so far to write about what you get out of this show, what it means to you. Um, if you haven't written a review, we would love it if you did. It um, does a lot, actually, to help people find us. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, because there's a lot of podcasts out there, and if this is something you like and wish more people listen to, uh, then writing a review is a great way to help do that. Yeah. Um, all right. I think all right. that's Yay. it. Thank right. you so much. See you Thank you. See you next week. Bye. Bye.